you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is Aaron Addison here on American Family Radio. And this is Will Addison. I'm here solo today. Um, if you want to pray, just pray uh, for Mickey. She's under the weather a little bit, uh, but on the other side of it. So praise God for that. But today, I'm happy to be here with you. And I want to share something very practical uh, that I've been doing with my two, uh, well, three youngest sons and I, I want to kind of share that today. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to just make the announcement that I always make that the Marriage Family Life Conference 2023 will be happening July 6th through the 8th. And very soon, well, even today, you can go on the website, marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net. You can view a promo video that we have put together for the conference. And also there'll be uh, some dates coming soon for registration for uh, early bird registration. So stay tuned. It's getting close. <laughs> it's getting close. And so um, just want to make sure you put that on your calendar. Again, it's a great time. Uh, man, it's like a family reunion. Like, man, God really moves. Uh, the speakers, you know, they come ready to minister to uh, the people. It's just a good time for the whole family. Like I said, it's for the whole family, ages uh, 4 to 17. We have the youth apologetics track, uh, and it's ministry to our ch- our children, you know. And so the Marriage Family Life Conference, you can go to marriagefamilylife.net, view the promo video, uh, but make sure you put that on your calendars July 6th through the 8th. But today, I have a pretty practical thing I want to talk about. Uh, this is something that we have done with our children. Um, man, when the big three were young, uh, we went through the same uh, set of scriptures. But, it, you know, it's important that we as uh, parents, uh, we instill within our children uh, a love for the Word of God and even go through different things. We can uh, memorize the Word of God. You know, there are certain scriptures that we would go through with our children and we would go uh, and memorize them together. And I want to talk about at least one of those passages that we have memorized. And now, you know, we have six children. And like I said, we have the big three, then we have the little three. And so now with the little three, we're, we're trying to, to do some of the same things that we did with the big three. And that can be difficult at times because you have two sets, you know, and it's like, wow, you know, we don't want to drop the ball, you know, on, on the little ones. And so uh, I found this to be very in, in, in enjoyable, you know, getting with those little three and looking at the Word of God and memorizing Scripture. And they have memorized uh, a few Scriptures, but one quite recently. And it's funny because they're so young that it's easy for them to retain the Scripture. Like, we could, if we just read it over and over and over each night, man, they got it. <laughs> you know, for me, I feel like it takes a lot more effort, you know. But, man, if we just continue to read it, read it over and over and over again, they get it and they pick it up. And it's funny because even this week, uh, this weekend, 
uh, I realized that little Timmy, two two years old, because uh, he's hearing us say the scripture. But he, so now he's starting to say the scripture, you know, and you can hear he don't have all the words, but the cadence, you know, and how we're saying it, he's joining in. And it's amazing to see, you know, I'm just a firm believer that, you know, at the youngest age possible, get the word of God into your children, you know? So he's two and he's going to remember us. We have this, this uh, nighttime routine that we do. It's me and a, and a little three. And I pray for them uh, each, each night before I put them to bed, pray for them. Uh, we sing, holy, 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 Lord God almighty. We sing that, that hymn. Uh, and then we go through our scriptures, and the scriptures that we have been uh, going through is Psalm chapter 1, and then John three sixteen. And now they want another one, you know. And so um, we're going to go to the 23rd Psalm. But Psalm chapter 1, Oh, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And he would be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so. They are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Hmm. There's a lot in that psalm. And I remember when I was uh, going through it with them, you know, every night, the Lord just began to uh, stir in my heart, you know, just to break it down and to, you know, for myself and to just take it verse by verse. And I, I did that, you know, and I saw a comparison with Psalm chapter one and with Proverbs chapter one. So just a little bit about Psalms. So uh, Psalm one, Psalm and the Psalms in general, authorship and date. Uh, while the ultimate author of the book of Psalms is the Lord, we know that the Holy Spirit you know, use men to write. Humanly speaking, there are at least seven different named authors. Uh, David's name is appended to 73 of the Psalms, with the New Testament uh, attributing two additional Psalms to him. The Acts chapter 4, verse 25, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 7. One of David's uh, chief musicians by the name of Asaph wrote 12 uh, Psalms. And then the sons of Korah wrote 11. Solomon wrote two. Moses wrote one psalm, Heman wrote one psalm, and Ethan wrote one psalm. The remaining 47 psalms are anonymous, although it's likely that David penned many of the anonymous psalms. The psalms were written over a millennium of time, spanning from and, uh, at least the 15th century B.C. Uh, the sixth, to the 6th century Note that the book of Psalms is the longest book in the Bible, containing both the longest psalm, which is Psalm 119, and the shortest, uh, Psalm 117, uh, chapters in Scripture. And it is the, the most quoted Old Testament book in the New Testament. You, you always see uh, different quotes in the New Testament, it's quoting the Old Testament, and a lot of them are from Psalm. You know, I'm reading through the book of Acts right now. We're studying the book of Acts, and there are many uh, psalms that are quoted there you know, as well as the prophets, you know, but the Psalms are quoted a lot in the New Testament. So I just quoted um, Psalm 1, but then we're going to look at Psalm, uh, Proverbs 1, and we see some similarities there. It's amazing. Uh, also, in fact, 
if David did write Psalm 1, which many believe that David was the one that penned that. Like I said, there were different writers for different Psalms, but David is, uh, wrote the most. But if it, if it is Psalm chapter uh, 1 that he wrote, it would be in line with the instruction given to Israel through the generations because you see something in Psalm chapter 1 and you see a lot of similarities in Solomon, his son, his Proverbs chapter 1. And so we know, and I've talked about this before, that these things were to be passed down, handed down from generation to generation to generation. And I believe that we can see in Psalm chapter 1, you know, a practical advice and wisdom that was passed down to Solomon. And you see in Proverbs chapter 1, man, some of the same wisdom. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to compare them. But remember, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through 9, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our, the, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words, which I am commanding you today, you shall, shall be on your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So these instructions from the Lord were to be passed down generation to generation, and it was a serious thing. We as Christians should do the same thing. The commandments of the Lord, we should pass down to our children. You know, like I said, my, my youngest is two. He's not born again yet. But I don't care. I am going to pass down the scripture to him. I want him to memorize. I want him from his earliest memory to remember Psalm chapter 1 and the other ones that we go over. I just think it's, it's productive, you know. So that's Deuteronomy chapter uh, 6. And it talks about passing these things down to your children. Then when you go down to Deut- Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 20, 25, it also says, when your son asks you in time to come, saying, what do the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments mean which the Lord our God commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, we were slaves in Pharaoh to Pharaoh in Egypt, and the Lord brought us from Egypt with a mighty hand. Moreover, the Lord showed great and distressing signs and wonders before our eyes against Egypt, Pharaoh and all his household. He brought us out from there in order to bring us in to give us the land which he has sworn to our fathers. So the Lord commanded us to observe all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always and for our survival as it is today. It will be righteousness for us if we are careful to observe all this commandment before the Lord our God, just as he commanded us. So there's a, a pressing down on passing down the commandments. And it said, when your sons ask in the day, why do you do this? Why do you memorize this scripture? Why do you go to church? Why do you, you know, sing hymns and, and things like that? It's an on-ramp for the gospel. And I talked about that before, how passing down these commandments and our children asking, why do we do this? It's an open opportunity for us to give the gospel. The gospel has been made in such a way that, and, and families are made in such a way that the gospel should be heard first in the home, first in the home. That should be where the children hear the word of God. And so Psalm chapter 1, 
Psalm chapter 1. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his uh, law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in his season, and whose leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. But then it says, but the wicked are not so. They are like chaff that the, the wind drives away. And therefore, the wicked shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So the blessed man, let's get into it. The blessed man, he walks not in the counsel of the wicked. The blessed man does not take advice from the wicked. He is a man of discernment and stays away from the advice of the godless. But this is practical things that we should teach our sons, teach our daughters, because they will be confronted in this culture with wicked people. You may be homeschooling your children or you may be trying your best to shield them from things, but they will have interactions with people who are not godly. And you don't have to be afraid of this. There's no fear in my heart pertaining to that because I'm giving them the instruction straight from the word of God. That blessed is the man. If I, I, I told my sons, look, you want to be the blessed man? Yes. My eight-year-old, yes, I want to be the blessed man. This, my six-year-old, yes, I want to be the blessed man. Well, listen to these words straight from the Bible. The blessed man does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. So you don't hang around folks that are doing wrong, that are constantly up to wickedness and, and doing evil things. And don't listen. Don't give them ear. Don't sit in their presence and, and hear their conversations and be swayed to do what they're doing. Because blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Have discernment. Be wise. Don't walk in the counsel of the wicked. A lot of times... Our young people get in trouble because of the people that they are hanging around. The Bible says that bad company corrupts good morals. So if we have sons and daughters who are in the, in the, in the company of the wicked, man, they're on a, a road to destruction. But the blessed man, the blessed woman does not uh, walk in the counsel or the advice of the wicked. We're going to continue on. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Stay tuned. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison, riding solo today, and we're talking about the practical nature of Psalm chapter 1 and Proverbs chapter 1 and how we can use the Word of God um, to really instill these values within our children. And, and I, like I said before, with my youngest three, we've uh, memorized this scripture. 
and um, they they can say it, they can quote it, you know, and I want them to understand it. Um, and so we go through it, you know, and like my even my youngest, my two-year-old, he don't have all the words down, but he has the cadence and he's trying to uh, say it as well. But I think from the, the, the youngest age possible, we need to instill within our children the word of God. And so we were talking about Psalm chapter 1, and it was gonna, we were going to look at Proverbs chapter 1 and the similarities in, in both. Um, but I started off that it says in Psalm chapter 1, verse 1, blesses the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, and that the blessed man does not take advice from the wicked man. Uh, he is a man of discernment, stays away from the advice of the godless. Uh, and I made a note here. One of the problems is that ungodly counsel can even come from our own hearts. That's why we have to lay our hearts before the Lord. You know, we can have certain things within us that we desire to do. If we, if we are away from God, if, you know, whatever it may be, you know, if we are attached to the vine, then we won't have those type of things operating in us. But man, our heart can be uh, deceitful and, and wicked as well. And so you got to be careful, but you know, we don't, we don't, uh, take counsel from the wicked. We don't take counsel from the wicked. And then uh, I'm going to say the blessed man understands wise and godly counsels and seeks seeks it out. Blessed man does uh, doesn't stand in the path of sinners. There's a path and there's a road that leads to death and destruction, and it's lined with the wicked. So the blessed man does not uh, stand in the path of sinners. The Bible says in Matthew chapter seven. Verse 13 and 14, enter through the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it for the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who find it. What a sobering thought. But there's a broad road. That's a big road. There's a big there's a there's a, a, a big road that's broad. And we enter into that gate, it leads into destruction. We know this to be true. We just look at life. Now, and we can take, and I told, told my children, you can take note that if, if there's a path that everybody's going on, you need to be skeptical of it. You need to really watch closely because usually if everybody's going that way, it, it could be the way to destruction. But then there's a path, there's a, as a, as a gate, a, there's a small, a narrow road that leads to life. And we as Christians, we are on that narrow road. You know, while the world is doing what they want to do, while they, want, while they are fulfilling their desires and their needs, you know, the Christian, we are denying ourselves. We are on that narrow road, that small road. And the Bible says that few find it. Wow. So praise God if our eyes have been opened, that we have ended up on a road that we are supposed to be on, that narrow road. The blessed man does not sit in the seat of scoffers. Those who make it a practice to scoff against God and his precepts. We don't sit in the seat. We don't have the company of scoffers. We're not sitting down with scoffers. And I was warning some kids at our church. I was like, man, when you go, if you go to college, to the university, you will find that you are seated among scoffers whether it's the professor or it could be some of the other uh, uh, children or kids, you know, students. Man, 
but don't make it a practice that that's who you're hanging out with. And you have to be ready that when those scoffers come, how to handle that. Because you're going to find yourself amongst them. You know, that's not where you should dwell. You should dwell among the godly. Have fellowship with believers, even if you're in college. I, I served as a campus missionary, so I know that there are strong believers on college campuses. And I spent more time with them than I did with the scoffers. Believe me. Believe me. So the blessed man does not sit in the seat of scoffers, those who make it a practice to scoff against God and his precepts. The righteous blessed man meditates on the law of the Lord or the word of God day and night. If you want to be blessed, it's found in his word. You need to meditate on his word day and night. This is something that I'm still endeavoring to practice, to meditate on the word of God. You know, the Lord showed me a while back, you know, as I was reading scripture, it, there would be scripture that would stick out to me, right? And the Lord would tell me, stop right there. Meditate on that. Get this down into your spirit. Don't even read further. Just stay right here. We have to meditate on the word of God. Like I said before, it's not about how much we can memorize, but how much can we do we apply, right? Memorization is great. Knowing and understanding and all, that's great. But how much of the scripture can I live out? That's more important. Meditate on the word day and night. The blessed man, the righteous man, meditates on God's law day and night. Uh, he does not just hear it and forget it, but ponders God's word day and night. Psalm chapter 119, verse 23 and 24 says, Even though princes sit and talk against me, your servant meditates on your statutes. Your testimonies also are my delight. They are my counselors. Wow. Man, did y'all hear that? Even though princes sit and talk against me, your servant meditates on your statutes. Even though there will be people who are scoffers that may talk against us and what we believe. Man, our position is that we meditate on your statutes, on your law. We know that we are in the right because we're meditating on your word. And then it says, your testimonies also are my delight. Your testimonies, your word, your precepts, your statutes, and your testimonies, and your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. So your word, your statutes, and your testimony, your, the goodness of God, what you have done, you know, how I have known you. Those are my delight, and they are my counselors. Man, I hope y'all hear me out there. <laughs> because of these disciplines, the blessed man is like a strong tree, standing positioned by streams of water, being fruit, bearing fruit and having leaves that do not wither. Man, y'all know how strong those trees can be that's standing next to that water, those big oak trees. I, I remember seeing them in New Orleans, those big oak trees. You know, man, they, they, they're there for years and years and years. I mean, you know, strong, big trunks, big branches. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. And he who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. <laughs> John 15, 5. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. 
the blessed man abides in the vine. The blessed man, because he's abiding in the vine, he's like a tree planted by streams of water, firmly planted, which yields its fruit in its season, and his leaf does not wither. Whatever he does, he prospers. Now then we can contrast the blessed man to the, the way of the ungodly. Number one, he is not solid like the tree planted by streams of water. The wicked man is not solid. He is blown to and fro. He's not rooted and grounded. And we see this so much. We see this so much that people who on the, even on the outside may look like they have it all together. You see the news reports of such and such committed suicide or this and that big. They were not rooted. They, they may have looked grounded. They looked good, but they were not rooted. In fact, the wicked man, the ungodly, is like chaff that is so fine and light that the wind drives it away. He says it's like chaff that the wind just drives away. Now, chaff is the light shell around a kernel of grain which must be stripped away before the kernel of grain can be ground into flour. So it's a light shell. Chaff was light enough that it could be separated from the grain by throwing a scoopful into the wind and letting the wind drive away the chaff. This is how unstable, how lacking in substance the ungodly are. They're like chaff that the wind drives away. You throw, those, throw it up in the air, those kernels, and the chaff is blown away by the wind, and then you have the kernels left. So the psalmist has said, is saying that the wicked, that the ungodly are like chaff, that the wind drives away. But the righteous are like a tree firmly planted by streams of water. Look, this is what I'm getting my sons, my daughters to memorize, to understand. If you want to be solid in life, if you want to be unmovable, you have to stay meditating on the word of God day and night. You have to not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the path of, of sinners or sit in a seat of scoffers. Your delight must be in the law of the Lord. And in his law, you meditate day and night. If you do these things, you will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in its season. Man, this is what we need our children to know and to understand in our homes. Because now if, if you're raising them, you know, uh, to be Christians, if they have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, they desire to be the blessed man, the blessed woman. They desire to be that. Well, this is how. You know, Charles Spurgeon uh, said about chaff, he said, uh, intrinsically, it's worthless, dead, unserviceable without substance, and easily carried away. There is a huge difference between a tree and chaff. <laughs> he says that there's a huge difference between a tree and chaff. Easily carried away. Man, don't you see it in our young people today? A lot of them getting in trouble, following the wrong crowd, easily carried away because they're not rooted and grounded. They're not rooted and grounded. The wicked will have no ground in which to stand on in the day of judgment. They have no advocate 
no mediator to come to their aid. So the wicked will not be able to stand in the judgment. The psalm says the wicked will not be able to stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. Sinners, meaning those who practice sinning, will not be found among the righteous. They will not be in the gathering place with the, with the righteous. They won't be. And then it ends like the, the Lord knows his own. He knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. The Lord knows his own and is well acquainted, well acquainted with their way. Because in essence, the righteous live in his way. They live in his way. They live according to his way. The end of the wicked is death. Their path, their way is, is death. Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says, For the wages or the payment of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12 says, There is a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. So that's Psalm chapter 1. And upon reading Psalm chapter 1 and then reading Proverbs, we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 1. But we're going to start at verse 9 to about 19. Proverbs chapter 1, 9 to 19. And there were some great similarities. And like I said, you know, it's, it's believed that David wrote Psalm chapter 1. And we see that Solomon is the author of Proverbs chapter 1. Because it starts off says, saying, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. We get down to verse, I start at verse 8, and I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it here. It says, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Indeed, they are a great, graceful wreath to your head, an ornament about your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. And if they say, come with us, let us lie in wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like Sheol, even whole as those who go down to the pit. We will find all kinds of precious wealth. We will fill our houses with spoil. Throw in your lot with us, and we shall all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your feet from their path, for their feet run to evil, and they hasten to shed blood. Indeed, it is useless to spread the baited net in the sight of any bird, but they lie in wait for their own blood. They ambush their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who gains by violence. It takes away the life of its possessors. So we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 1 now. And see these similarities. And these are practical ways that we can sit down with our children, memorize scripture, and talk about talk about it with them. Because there's practical things that they can take right from the word of God. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Will Addison, riding solo today, but I'll be right back after this. When 
Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Thank you for listening. And today we're looking at Psalm chapter 1 and then Proverbs chapter 1. I just read Proverbs chapter 1. We went through Psalm chapter 1, but there are some similarities that I want to to point out. And also, again, this is for uh, if you are looking for practical things to sit down and talk about with your your, your children. You know, Psalm chapter 1, I would say, is very practical. There's a lot of lessons in that. Proverbs chapter 1, and all throughout the Bible there are. But these two we have used in our home. And uh, like I said before, with my little three, uh, for for Nathaniel, Sam Witt, and Timmy, uh, we've been memorizing Psalm chapter 1, and uh, they've pretty much gotten it. And so uh, we were just going through what it means, you know, what, it, what does it mean. And so uh, there's a, just a lot of wisdom uh, in the Psalms, and, and man, it's just so so packed with, you know, practical application. And so I read uh, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 9 through 19. And so I just want to kind of point out some similarities because I talked about before how in Israel um, the fathers were supposed to pass down the commands and the statutes to the children. When the children would see them doing different things, they would ask questions, well, why do we do this? Why, you know, are we memorizing this. Why do we need to know this? And it was an on-ramp, you know, to tell them about the goodness of God. And so in the same way in our homes today, as we're doing the things that God is impressing upon our hearts, as we're being faithful to God, and as the questions arise from our children, why do we go to church? Or why do we sing these songs? Why do we memorize these scriptures? It's an on-ramp for the gospel. God has made it easy for us. Right in the home is where our children should hear the gospel for the first time. And so looking at uh, Proverbs chapter 1, we see some parallels in these uh, two chapters. So Psalm 1, 1 says, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But then when you look at Proverbs chapter 1, looking at verse 10 through 15, it says, My son... If sinners entice you, do not consent. Before I, get, before I go all the way there, let me just make this um, remark about Proverbs uh, chapter 1. Uh, in the beginning of that, let's see, it's in verse 8. It says, hear, my son, your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Right there you even see the necessity of the father and the mother. The father in instructing the children and the mother in her part in teaching the, the children. And the father teach as well. And the mothers can instruct as well. But you see, hear, my son, your father's instruction. 
and do not forsake your mother's teaching. I think that's such a great uh, uh, um, you know, point right there to, to show the dynamics of mother and father taking part in the rearing up of the children. Then in verse 9, it says, Indeed, they are a graceful wreath to your head and ornaments about your neck. So instruction and teaching should be worn by the children, like a, like a wreath, a graceful wreath around the head and like ornaments around the neck. That's how the instruction and the teaching uh, should be to our children. Man, think about if that was happening in the homes today. You know, I was, I was talking to someone, and, you know, most of the crimes, a lot of the, the, the crimes that's happening is by the hand of young people. I'm talking 12, 13, 14, 15-year-olds doing things like carjacking and stuff like that. What if we get the word of God into their hearts? You know, what if we, you know, uh, in our homes, we took more seriously in planting the word of God, giving them biblical instruction and teaching that would be worn around their head like a wreath, like a graceful wreath, and around their necks like ornaments. These are the things that will keep our children. All right, so back to the comparisons. Again, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. Then Proverbs chapter 10, verse 15. I mean, chapter 1, verse 10 through 15. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. That sounds like don't walk in the counsel of the wicked. <laughs> if they say, come with us, let us lie in wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like Sheol. That sounds like the counsel of the wicked, right? Even whole as those who go down to the pit, we will find all kinds of precious wealth. We will fill our houses with spoil. Again, the counsel of the wicked. Throw in your lot with us. We shall have one purse. My son, he says, do not do what? Do not walk in the way with them. Wow. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your feet from their path. Hmm. It sounds like to me that Solomon was listening to what old David said. It sounds like he would heed the warnings of his father, and now he's passing them down to his children. That's how it's supposed to be. This stuff is to be passed down generation to generation. All right. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. And his leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. That's Psalm chapter 1, verse 2 through 3. But then you go down to Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Indeed, they are a graceful wreath to your head and ornaments about your neck. So right here, in Psalm 1, he's talking about meditating day and night on the Scriptures, on God's law, that he will be fruitful, he will be planted, he will be one that will be firmly rooted, and he will yield fruit in his season. Whatever he does, he's going to prosper. And then you have in Proverbs 
He said, if you follow the instruction, follow the instructions of your father. Follow the teachings of your mother. And they will be a graceful wreath around your head, guarding your mind, guarding your head, your mind, and ornaments around your neck, about your neck, guarding your heart. This is what this is for, the teachings and the instructions of our parents. We have to be on our watch, parents. We can do this. We can do this in our homes. And then Psalm chapter 1, verse 4 through 6, it says, The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. But then you have in Proverbs, it says, My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Don't be like the wicked that the wind drives away. Don't, don't consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like Sheol, even whole as those who go down to the pit. That we will find all kinds of precious wealth. We will fill our houses with spoil. Throwing your lot with us, we shall have one purse. That's the wicked. They are like chaff. The wind will drive them away. They will not be able to stand. And then in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 16 to 19, it says, For their feet run to evil, and they hasten to shed blood. Indeed, it is useless to spread the baited net in the sight of any bird. But they lie in wait for their own blood. They ambush their own lives. Their place is a place of death. They ambush their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who gains by violence. It takes away away the life of its possessors. So right here you see the similarities. You see the similarities. You see how the instruction of the Lord, the, the law of the Lord, if we meditate on that day and night, if we are ones who take the word of God seriously and look towards him, that man, he will keep us. Why would we not teach our children this? Why would we not share these gems with our, our, our children, our offspring? You know, I remember years ago, um, I read an article about something that was happening in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, it was James Meredith. He made a statement. It was an article, and he made a statement that he believed that every child by the, that's, by the age of five years old, starting at the age of five, I believe it was, should uh, memorize and know and understand the Ten Commandments. He believed that having the word, the Ten Commandments, that they would memorize would put them their mindsets in a place where they would be uh, bent towards obeying the law. And I thought about that. And some people may look at that and be like, oh, that, that won't do anything. That won't help. But I beg to differ. If we believe that the word of God is what we say it is, if we believe uh, that the word of God is what it says it is, why would we not make an effort to make sure that our children, that our grandchildren are, are understanding, memorizing, and knowing the word of God. This is something that, you know, if, you, if you're not vigilant about it, it won't just happen. We have to be very, very intentional in our parenting. Just like the Israelites, they understood from the Lord. They, they, they would set up memorials. 
and they would, uh, 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 you know, pass down the commandments of the Lord. They were supposed to keep doing this, the statutes, all the things that God had commanded them to do. They would have passed down to their offspring because this was going to be salvation. This was going to be, this was going to save them, keep them safe. The word of God keeps us safe. The word of God is, is like those guardrails, you know, keeping us in line. And we have to be serious in our homes about passing this down. You know, we can be serious about a lot of things. We can be serious about our children playing sports. We want them to be the best at that. You know, there's some type of uh, pride in that. Uh, sometimes we live vicariously through them playing sports. Man, that's not important at all in the grand scheme of things, though. We can be, you know, so uh, uh, concerned about them academically, which, hey, we want them to do well. We want them to do well in school and things like that. But that's not the most important thing. There's so many things that, you know, if we will survey ourselves, survey our lives and what we deem as important, we will find that a lot of that stuff don't mean anything at all. That after this life is passed, those, stuff, those things just go away. They just go away. But what about handing our children the word of God? What about giving them the truths found in the book of Psalms, found in the book of James, found, you know, all throughout the word of God? What if we were concerned about them having a handle on the word of God? You know, the, the Jewish children, they would, they would memorize the Torah, you know, at a certain age. <laughs> there was an importance placed upon the word of God. And the thing about it is if we as parents don't have that same view of the word of God for ourselves, we would never have that for our children. It won't ever be something where we deem as important for them. And we may desire for that. We may want that, but we're not even really doing it for ourselves. So again, I'm giving you something that I'm doing at home. We, we did it with our older kids. We're doing it with the younger ones. Psalm chapter 1, I would encourage you, I would encourage you even to listen back to this program and to see even the breakdown of, the, of those scriptures. And if you're looking for something to go through with your children, Psalm chapter 1, Proverbs chapter 1, and there's so many others, y'all. There's so many others. But these are easy ones that you can that, that, that you can use to compare. You can say, man, do you want to be the blessed man? Do you want to be the blessed woman? Do you want to be blessed of God? The children will say yes. And you can break down to them how that is possible through the word of God. And so this has just been a practical application of something that I've done and that we are currently doing. And you, can, and you may have other scriptures in mind that you're like, hey, I want to do with this. But man... Let's take the time. Let's take the time to go ahead and break these things down. And it's always amazing to see our children memorize these scriptures, man. I tell you what, my two-year-old, as he's trying to say the words, it does my soul well, man. I'm, I'm happy about that because I believe that the word of God, that the seed is being planted and that hearing it, is going to even accelerate him being ready to accept it. This has been Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. We'll be back tomorrow, but until then, 
God bless.